Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 3, Term 3, and this is Lesson 21. We are going to begin at the section uh, subtitled, Jesus Rejected in Nazareth. It's on page 13. It's chapter 6, is it? Okay. So following the encounter with the nobleman at Cana, which is what we left off at last time, in Galilee, that was in the Gospel of John, the next event that we're going to look at, and we're following this chronologically, which is a time order, as closely as we can. Then some things might be out a little bit, but you know, that's because nobody can decide on what's, when, when, it was, when it happened. The next event we're looking at is in Luke chapter 4. It is from verses 16 through 40. And uh, Craig A. Evans writes this. Of all the passages in the gospel, this one is of critical importance and must be understood well if we are to appreciate the evangelist's theological perspective and major purpose for writing. This was a key scripture. We're going to find out why. So let's begin reading in Luke chapter 4 verse 16. So he came to the city of Nazareth, that's in Galilee, where he had been brought up. Now this is not where he was born. Now Luke makes the, makes the point that Jesus Christ was born exactly where the Messiah was, was meant to be born. That was in Bethlehem of Judea. That's the reason why he actually puts it this way, where he had been brought up, not where he was born. However, Nazareth was his hometown, so he would have been well known to all who regularly attended this synagogue. And as his custom was, notice it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Now, the reason they would stand up to read, it was a, respect, a mark of respect for the Word of God. Okay, they would, it was interesting, they would stand up to read, but they would sit to teach. Uh, do, do you understand? Okay. So, but reading the word, because it was the Holy Scriptures, they would stand up. Alright? So that's why sometimes you say, well, hang on a second, wasn't Jesus seated when he was teaching? Yeah. But when he reads the word, he stands up. When he's about to teach, he'll sit down. Okay. Alright, so what's important here is that even though Jesus was far more advanced in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, can we all agree on that one? Okay, this is important. Then anyone else who taught at the synagogue, he would still faithfully and consistently attend their services because that pleased God. It was, it was the right thing to do. Now, you know, I, was, I was guilty of this. I was guilty of saying, well, I know all that stuff. I don't need to go. I put my hand up. I was very wrong. One thing that I realized, and you know, that, that was in my, my, my uh, very young days. I was running around with my little nappies on and my diapers, you know, and they were falling down my knees. I'm like, oh no, nobody saw that. Okay, as a Christian, you know what I'm trying to say? No, not as, not as a baby, but as a Christian baby, okay? Ooh, I better qualify that. Okay, so... <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I always sort of think, oh, you know, I can get the tapes. I can, you know, I didn't have YouTube back then, but you know, I can get CDs, whatever. Um, but I realized something... There is an anointing present when you're there. And you being there will change the direction a lot of times of where things are going. Amen. Do you hear me? And even if the person isn't preaching all the right things, and please be led by the Spirit before you go somewhere. Don't go because they're well known. Don't go because the advertising is really good. You go because the Lord told you to go. Amen. Do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? Just, I'm just saying be careful. Okay? Just, just always, always follow the Lord. Always follow His leading. And it might be somebody that nobody knows. And He says, go. Go. Do you hear what I said? Because you don't know what's waiting for you there. That's right. Oh, hallelujah. He said, but they're not well known. Hallelujah. You get one-on-one -on -one teaching. Amen. You know, there's always an upside. Okay? As, as long as you listen to the Lord. All right. 
further, we see further evidence of this in that. Um, Let's just continue. We see further evidence of this in Acts chapter two and verse forty-two, where it says, "And they continually, or excuse me, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine." This is going to church, okay? <laughs> right? That's teaching and preaching God's word and fellowship, which includes church services in breaking of bread. That includes communion. It's not only communion, but it also includes communion and in prayers. So I want you to notice that there was this this fellowship going on constantly. And can I say this? It's really important to be in a body of believers like you guys are here. Don't take this for granted. It is, it is a powerful place to be because sometimes you can't find people that can agree with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, And, um, and that gap is going to grow as time goes on. Because, you know, as, as we start to move more and more into the things of God and into the power of God, you'll find that we'll start to separate ourselves more and more from certain individuals and certain people because we'll actually be doing things that they would say, oh, that passed away. And it hasn't. Are you all here? Amen. Okay. That's what I'm moving everybody towards. Alright, it is God's will that we don't just get saved, but grow in the things of God. And, yeah, sure Lord. Uh, let me just stop you. <laughs> Sorry he's talking. Um, let me just go back to something, um, which obviously I didn't deal with enough. Uh, just back in Luke uh, chapter 4 and verse 16, uh, the statement that I made about him being far more advanced in wisdom and knowledge and understanding... Um, and that he, he was still, you know, when it said as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Uh, it's, these are talking about good habits as well. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I can't find the time to do this or, you know, be careful what you're not finding time to do because some things you need to do and you need to make time to do. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, um, because we, you know, I've, I've found this that generally speaking, and I don't mean in every situation, but generally speaking, we find ways to make time to do the things that we want to do. Can I get an amen? Generally speaking, okay. I know there are sometimes you really want to do something and you just can't for whatever reason, and I'm not talking about those those instances. But generally, in your life right now, you're doing the things that you want to do, and if you don't want to do something, you'll find an excuse, okay? <laughs> okay? And you'll fill your time card up with something else, so you don't have to do it. Uh, but, but that's just the way, and it will be things that you want to do. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I want you to notice that Jesus made it a habit to go to the synagogue. He made it a habit to go to what we would call church today. Are you all here? Amen? And, and that needs to be something that we need to keep in, in, in the you know, forefront of our mind. And also, it also lets you know that those people that sort of come off and on and stuff, all right, you know, and then they're not doing so well, and you're always praying for them, understand something, you know, it's not that God is not wanting to bless them. It's just that they're not there where the blessing is. I don't know how many times that I've ministered a word and I've, you know, I've had somebody on my heart and thinking, I can see that God wants to you know, help this person and, and, and a message is going in a certain direction and it's all there and they don't turn up. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it's really sad, and, and there's not anybody here, by the way, so don't, ever, don't think I'm talking to anybody here. It's not anybody here, okay? But th- there have been situations where people have been going through some rough things and been looking for answers, and God's been giving them to me. And I know, and I said, God, you know, you gave me all of this, and they're not here. He said, I don't want to be responsible for not answering their question. Mm. Yes. 
So when they get to heaven and they say, why didn't you answer? I'll say, why weren't you where I told you to be? We need to be geographically in God's will to get the stuff He wants to give us. Amen? A lesson to be learned. Alright, now we can move on. <laughs> so, uh, Alright, so, so it's God's will that we don't just get saved, but grow in the things of God. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in, on Him. Now, he, he, notice he's, he's speaking to Jews. He's talking to believers, meant to be believers. Okay? Alright. He's not talking to unbelievers here. He says, if you continue in my word, that's the reason why he can say continue in my word. He doesn't say get saved. Okay, so he's talking to people. So let's take the word Jews out and then put believers in there. So we can bring it to our time. Alright, so he's saying to those who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Amen. That, now this is what Jesus says makes you a disciple. Not all the weird stuff people say you have to do to become a disciple. <laughs> okay? The one thing that Jesus says that makes you his disciple is continue in his word. It's his word, not just once in a way, but all the time. Do you, do you get the difference? Okay. okay. And he says, if you do that, if you continue in my word, he says, then are you my disciples indeed. And what's the second thing? He says, and you shall know the truth. Don't let that go past. Don't read past that one. A lot of people have a general idea of the truth, and it doesn't set them free. You need to know the truth. What did the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing is continuing steadfastly. Do you understand? Okay? When you hear and hear, faith comes. You know stuff. You don't guess stuff. You know stuff. When you know something, then it will set you free. While you have an idea of it, it's not going to set you free. Okay? So you need to understand something here. That we need to get to a place where we make, we make the decision that whatever it is that we need to, to grow in, we need to spend time in. Okay? It, it, comes, it, it, it doesn't come any other way, but you have to spend time. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, I don't, want to, I don't want you to think religiously about this either, please. Okay? Some people, you know, they just think, oh, if I just have the word going on and on and on. And they tune out. Because it's going on and on and on. <laughs> okay? Alright? No. You need to continue in the word. The, the, it, it doesn't say, I know I'm, I'm, I'm picking at straws here, but I really need you guys to get this. It doesn't say that the word needs to continue around you. You go, ah, what's the diff? The difference is you can have stuff going and think that just because just you got it going, it's going to sort of do something for you. Yeah, yeah, by osmosis, you know, like, you know, okay? <laughs> like the kid goes, so, so I didn't study for the test, so if I put the book under my pillow, and oh, through the night, the answers will flow through the pillow into my head, and in the morning, I'll know that's failing. And I'm going to happen, kid. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right. That does, that's not what... That's the reason why meditation is so important, because it takes the Word, and you continue in it, that's continuing it, to think about it. And as you think about it, as you fix your mind on something, the, the, the New Testament calls it revolving it in your mind. As you keep thinking and just running it in your mind, 
Okay, the Old Testament talks about confessing it, mumbling it, saying it under your breath. That's what Joshua 1.8 talks about, and also the Psalms. But in the New Testament, it talks about your mind as well. So you have these two things going. The mouth helps your mind, okay? Otherwise, your mind wanders off sometimes uh, until you get disciplined. Once you get disciplined, you don't have to worry about it. Anyway, that's a very quick summary of it. But getting back to this, <laughs> you need to spend time in the Word. It needs to be in you, continuing in you. That means that sometimes you need to turn something off. Because something will go off in you. You might be listening and something just goes click and God says, that's what you need. Well, don't let it keep going because you get distracted now. Okay? You have to continue in the Word, not the Word continue around you. Now do you get it? Okay, so when you get it, you pick it up and you go, that's the one. And if you need to write it down in a little card or whatever, just do something so that you remember that's what you are focusing on. And then allow it to work. Amen. Let let me give you a little revelation here. (laughs) This is for you, okay? All right. It's, (laughs) it's, It's not about the word in your mouth. Now, I know that's going to send a lot of word of faith out of the window, but just listen. It's about the word in your heart that is expressed through your mouth. It needs to be a word in your heart first. Your heart needs to be saying something before your mouth ever speaks. If your heart isn't saying it, and I really mean this, I, I, I wish I could just kind of pour this into you. But if your heart isn't saying, for example, I am healed. Your, if your heart isn't saying that, if you're trying to get your mouth to make your heart believe it, you're not there yet. Okay? The place that you need to get to is you keep thinking, by His stripes I'm healed, by His stripes I'm healed. Okay? Alright? And then suddenly you see it. Suddenly it becomes a revelation and inside of you, your heart says, by His stripes, I am healed. Then when you open your mouth, hear me, that's when it works. The power is now coming out. You're not trying to convince yourself, you are releasing it. But you know something? Here's something for you, okay? Because it's in your heart, it's already worked. Okay? You don't have... Okay, now be careful, take this carefully. You don't have to say it out of your mouth for it to work. It's already worked. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's no confession in this. Faith is the substance. Substance means materiality. Okay? Faith is that material thing, that substance, that proof that something is coming to pass before it does. And it is the thing that causes the thing to come to pass. Which is why 2 Corinthians 14 says, Why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Things which are seen are temporal. They're going to change now because the thing that is not seen, the power thing on the inside, what you're saying, that is eternal. That will come out and just change everything. Do you know why? Because God set it up. You are agreeing with what God has already said. What He has said is eternal. When you agree and say it out of your mouth, out of your heart, okay, when you believe the thing, then you have aligned yourself with Him. And Satan can't fight that. Because His Word is established forever. And even if you don't say anything out of your mouth, as soon as you believe it in here, it works. Where's the proof? Jesus. Remember He turned the water into wine without saying a word. 
When you look at, when you, now, okay, I'm going to give you something else now. I'm jumping out here for a minute, but let's just go here for a second. When you look at some of the things that he does, you know the man at the pool, Bethesda? Do you know he didn't say, limbs be made whole? He didn't speak anything, he just said, get up. Because what he had done in here already worked. I'm giving you some advanced revelation, I hope you get this, okay. Because that's the powerhouse. Remember Mark 11.23. If you believe in your heart, I know there's a lot of saying involved, but it all happens in the heart. If you believe in your heart and you don't doubt. So what's speaking? Your mouth or your heart? Do you get this? Do you get it? That's where the power is. That's why you need to meditate. That's why you need to continue in the Word internally. Amen? It's not an external thing. So when Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, He's saying, in here. Then are you my disciples. See, you're a disciple in here, not out here. It's not the clothes you wear. It's not how you look. You can, you can look like a whitewashed tombstone and be full of dead men's bones. Okay. Moving on. Okay, I hope that helped you. Okay, alright. So what's, what's different this time? <laughs> okay, as to all that times he went to the synagogue, something happens this time. He's, he's handed, it says uh, Luke 4.17, so we're going from verse 16 to verse 17. Okay, so as his customers went to the synagogue, you know, stood up to read, and it says, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. So remember again, he didn't get a choice about what was handed to him. He didn't say, can I have Isaiah's scroll, thank you. Okay, it was handed to him. They tell you what you're going to do that day. Are you all with me? Okay. Watch how God is orchestrating this. See, you don't have to plan ahead, God plans ahead. I, I will... It's not in the Bible, but can I... Uh, I'm theorizing here. I reckon he was in prayer, and God said, you're going to get the scroll of Isaiah. You are going to... And you know, because he got all these instructions. He says, I don't do anything that I don't see my father first doing. So he shows him everything he's going to do that day. So I reckon he was praying, and he just saw the scroll. Isaiah goes, I guess I'm getting Isaiah. Yep, what am I meant to do with it? Here, go here, and you're going to say this. Okay. We'll do that. May not be happy, but we'll do that. Because they're not... Okay, right? You know, Jesus wasn't stupid, okay? He would have known that. He's been around religion all of his life. He knew the hypocrisy that was going on in the temple. He knew everything. That, that's why first thing he did was clear out the temple. First thing. I mean, that tells you he was busting to do it. Every time he went to the temple, it's like, oh, cringe, cringe, you know. Your day is coming now. <laughs> It did, and he went and cleaned it out. Anyway, I I truly believe this is this is what the Lord that showed him. So you know, this is just going according to to God's plan. If you're in God's will, know that God will order all the events in your life so that they just all work. People think they got it all under control. God is the one that has the final say. Now, how, does, how do people's wills work with this? 
Let me just say this. If you're in the right place, now remember the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and all the people that were opposing Jesus. Obviously they weren't listening to God. Obviously all the stuff they did was outside of what God wanted done. Can, can we get an amen on that? Okay? These are people in the synagogue. These are people that generally speaking, and, and, we, and this is where you need to realize this as well. Okay? See, I told you, check with God before you go anywhere. Okay? I reckon the Lord said, you're going to go to this synagogue. You're going to go to where you normally go. I will look after things for you. And let's, let's, let's you know, let's believe the best about the guy at the synagogue. <laughs> okay? That he wants to do God's will, which is the reason why he's living in that place and doing, you know, God's work there every day. Okay? Uh, and then whoever handed him that scroll was listening to God. Mm, that's right. Do you hear me? That God was talking to them just as much as He was talking to the Lord. Alright? And God the Father would say, This is what you're going to, we are going to do Isaiah today. And you're going to get surprised. Then the synagogue leader goes, Okay. (laughs) You know? Didn't know what was coming, but okay. (laughs) Alright? So I want you to see all of this because I want you to understand how much God does ahead of you, how much He prepares the way for you. Let me put it that way. Amen? So much of the time we're praying and say, what's the point of praying? That's why you want things to be fixed up before you get there. Don't do it the other way. Don't get there and start praying. Pray before you go. Everything will, be work, will work out fine. All God will say, don't go. Whatever it is, alright? Alright, back to this. And he says, and he, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now I've said you notice that he had no choice about what was handed to him, in this case the book of Isaiah, but he did have a choice about what he would read from it, and why it says that he found the place. Now remember again, God, I, I believe God told him to do that, but either way, he didn't just throw the scroll out and see where it landed. <laughs> okay? You know, like some people say, God talked to me and they opened the Bible. You know, as, as somebody once said, you know, and they read Jesus on the cross saying, Today you'll be with me in paradise. You go, no, 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 bad scripture, bad scripture. You go, another one, another one. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to die today. Okay, <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't look for God to talk to you that way. Now, the people have opened their Bibles and, you know, things have happened and you, you all heard stories like that. Okay, but don't do that all the time. Yeah. It didn't say those that just throw open their Bible are the children of God. It says those who are led by the Spirit, which means in your everyday walk, you need to be listening to what's going on inside. You need to know if something is wrong inside. Take note. Amen? Because some days, God's letting you know, don't. And there might not be any logical reason for it until after the fact. Then it all makes sense, (laughs) sadly. All right. So let's, let's continue on. The, uh, okay, so I've said whatever came first. Jesus knew God's word extremely well. And why it says that he found the place. Now notice he knew, he knew, he knew where to look as well. Alright, and we need to know where to look. Amen? Uh, let me bring something else out here. You know, be careful you don't say, well it's in the Bible somewhere. You know, when you quote scripture. Some days it's okay, but some days you need to know where it is. Because, you know, people, you know, it's, it's a very big book. They don't know where to look, you know, especially if they're not very good at this. And you say, you know, the Bible says this, and they go, really? Where? And you go, oh, somewhere. <laughs> well, that's not helping them, is it? You know what I'm saying? Okay, now that doesn't mean you have to remember all the scriptures, but it's sometimes good to know a little bit. Amen. Okay. 
So here again, he declares boldly. So let me read this. Jesus knew God's will extremely well. And White says that he found the place, specifically in Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, and declared boldly, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wow. Nobody would say that. You know, this is still kind of okay. Now, I want you to imagine how Jesus is saying this. He's not just reading stuff like all the other little rabbis are reading. Get this, he is the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, he gets up and this is the Word embodied, he's speaking the Word. Can you imagine the force and the power that's coming with this? You need to get this, okay? They're, they're going to go, nobody talked like this before, okay? And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. There's a lot of me's here. He has sent me <laughs> to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. We're going to look at every single one of these things. And recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what's interesting? He didn't finish. The rest of Isaiah goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God. Okay, <laughs> it stops there. Do you know why? Because there is a separation time-wise between where he stopped and the next half of the verse. See, they were looking for the day of vengeance. They are going to try to make him king forcibly because they want their vengeance. They want God to come down, wipe out the Roman government and take over. What they don't want is God to come down and die. Okay, that doesn't work for them. They don't realize that's what they need. Amen? And so, he doesn't say this. Now, <laughs> this has to do with his second coming. But leading up to that time, notice all the things Jesus was anointed and empowered to preach and do. Now, that's what we want to look at. Before he comes back, there's a lot of stuff, bless you. There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. And we need to do all of this stuff. That's why we're learning. Amen? Okay. So the first thing he says is, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We're going to see what the reaction of this is at the end. But right now, let's see what he actually said. Are we good? Let's, let's, oh. let's look at it for the next five minutes and stop and have a break and then come back and continue on with it. All right. I don't want to rush through this because this, if, if I could say this to you, this is our mandate. Do you hear me? I've been spending all of this time to get to the place so that you understand that we need to say the same thing about us. What's different between you and the Lord? If you are saved, He lives in you. Greater is He that is in you than He that's in the world. Hear me? Okay. Jesus said, whoever believes can do all of these things. Amen. If He believed and did and is now living in you, then you can believe and do. Because it's not you. Get it? Yes. Got it. Okay. So let's have a look. First of all, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Alright, so let's look at the step to which Jesus Himself was actually anointed. John 3.34 For He, that's Christ, is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God's Spirit is upon Him without measure or limit. 
That's the New Living Translation. Okay, and it's, it's a correct translation. Alright? It's without measure or limit. See, in the Old Testament, remember they're dealing with people that are not born again. Remember that. So don't get a big head about this. Okay? All right? And don't put it down either. All right? Don't say, oh, no, no, we can't do that. Listen to me. The, 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 the Spirit was given, it's bad English, but with measure, in the Old Testament, because they could only manage so much. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right? That's the reason why Jesus said to His disciples, I have to die. I have to go to the cross. If I don't go, all of you guys are still dead inside. You have all of this power. It's very interesting how God gave power to all of them to do all of these things before they were born again. That's right. Do you ever think about that? We'll talk about that further on, okay? But it's interesting that to people that were still dead, which means, that's why He said, greater things than these shall you do. Why? Because I go to the Father. In other words, I'm going to die, I'm going to redeem you, and you are going to become a new creation. Paul got the revelation and wrote it down. He says, behold, now you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen? And, and you know, the life that we now live, it's not ours anymore. And we need to get that revelation. If we ever understand that, then we'll, we'll, we'll stop tolerating all the things that go wrong. Because how dare the devil do this to the Lord? Not to you, to Him who is without sin, the perfect Lamb of God. See, that's the lie He's playing with still today. Yeah? Okay. If we ever get to the place where we get the revelation, then what is inside, that reality that is inside, will come out. It's already real. We're not trying to make it real. That's, that's, anyway. Okay. And it has a lot to do with your heart as well. Okay. You don't realize how much your heart is involved in this. Do you know that's the reason why? That love is placed so high. The greatest of these is love. Do you know why? Because it is, keeps your heart right. And a right heart can believe for anything. But a messed up heart can't. Faith worketh by love. Galatians 5, 6. All right. So all the things that start make sense to you as time goes on. All right. They won't be just scriptures anymore. They will start to become things that are just, you know, it's kind of like a precise instrumentation. If you get all these bits right, you know the thing is going to work. Do you hear what I'm saying? And it will all start to make sense to you. It won't be religion anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're running out of time here. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry, I have so much to share with you. Uh, and, and, you know, somebody once said to me, you know, we'd much rather learn something really well than a whole bunch of stuff and we don't know anything. Because I used to do that in the past. I used to race through things and, you know, I knew it, they didn't. I don't need, you know, anyway, you know, you, okay. All right, so that's why I'm, I'm following that now. It was, it was told to me by a really sweet gentleman too, after I finished the course. So, yeah, what to do. Anyways, <laughs> all right, let, let's just finish off here. That being the case, God's Spirit was upon Jesus without measure or limit. Everything that Jesus did was under a limitless anointing. Can we agree on that? 
Luke later makes it clear that Jesus passed the, the same ministry on to the disciples in Luke chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. And when he says, then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And then he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Notice, how, remember I told you they're not born again yet? Get it? So he was able to do this to people that, that were still not born again. That's right. Under the Old Testament still, because until he died, it wasn't the New Testament yet. Amen? Let's go on one more thing, okay? What of, what's, what's of great, even greater significance is that after his resurrection, the Lord went on to pass this same ministry on to all believers. And when he says there in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, and these signs will follow those who believe. This is why he said this now. In my name, they will cast out demons. I've gone, you know, we've read this scripture over and over again. Okay, that's power and authority over all demons. All demons. Okay? They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will dr- and if they drink any deadly thing, uh, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the power to cure and heal, you know, diseases and heal the sick. So he gave up. We'll come back and talk about this. Okay, because we're over time now. But we'll come back and look at this. Can you see this? That whatever Jesus did, see, this is limitless. Do you get this? There's no conditions on this. He didn't say you can cast the demons except the really, really big ones. Then you had to get a whole prayer meeting together. And, okay? So watch, watch what I'm saying now. I'm not saying don't pray with other people, but be careful that the devil doesn't convince you that you have to be with someone else before something works. Amen? Can I just say this? God in you is more than enough. Absolutely. Not you, God in you is more than enough. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll pick it up there.